This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders and is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30 as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 645 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on grow questions. Before we get to those grow questions, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the kind folks who support the show on Patreon. Let's start it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Frankie. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Just A Smokin' and Mr. Mean Green. I want to send a big thank you shout out to 716 Vibes and Blackhawks Fan. Let's send a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Noah N and Godfather Kush. I want to send a big fist bump and a shout out to my buddy OG Purple Thumb. Let's send a big thank you shout out to a longtime supporter and a good friend Jesse Grows. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Levity Love Day. And then let's wrap this part of the show up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Learning and Burnin'. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who supports the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And of course, there is a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the show. It was a beautiful day today. I hope it was beautiful wherever you are, wherever you were hanging out today, whatever you were doing. I hope you had a wonderful day. I want to talk about this weather. This weather had people out and about. People are getting ready for their outdoor grow. I went to the grow store today and the grow store was super busy. There were a lot of people in there. Uh, Some people wearing masks, some people not wearing masks. Uh, I said masks, weird. Uh, Anyway, some people seem to have uh, decided that the uh, pandemic is over. Some are still participating. Uh, I'm not going down that avenue in this uh, conversation. Just notice that people are crowding the stores. Places are getting busy. At the grocery store, one thing I did notice, shit is out of stock. They did not have a lot of the products I went for. Um, they didn't have the the first choice products I went for. I've always got a backup plan. They did not have the soilless mix I prefer to buy. They did not have the base nutrients I wanted to buy. They didn't have a pesticide I was looking for. They were out of rapid rooters. It was slim pickings at the grocery store today. It was like all the B and C rate products were on the shelf and all the A rate shit has been bought. It has been taken. 
Uh, they were waiting for trucks. They did not know when shit was coming. I went to another store. Same story over there. I really think all the shit was on the same truck going to all of the grocery stores. They're waiting. The shit is just not coming. So um, you guys have a backup plan is what I'm getting at. If you were out there shopping for grow supplies, if you were stubborn about what you use in the grow, this is not going to be the season for you. Whether you're growing indoors or outdoors, you're going to need to be flexible because this COVID situation, the pandemic, the quarantine, all the weird shutdowns and shit have made supplies scarce. They're more expensive. They're harder to get. And it's going to take you a little longer to get the things you're sourcing. If you can even find your favorite products, you may need to find a backup plan, uh, get a the second product, that thing you've been wondering if it works, now may be the time for you to find out if that shit works, which uh, could work out. Sometimes that's how you find out that that other product is better or did something you didn't know it did. Maybe you'll find some cool shit, but have a backup plan. You guys, if you've got an outdoor grow coming up, go get your shit now. Don't wait because shit is selling out. Literally the guanos were selling out. Shit was flying off the shelves. Uh, the fish shit was gone. All of the, uh, the mammoth pee, all that shit, it's all gone off the shelves right now, you guys, at least in my location. So get on it, get yourself some supplies. While I was at the grow store, I was asked a question. I did take a little bit of a note here in my phone. I'm not texting anybody. I'm not hanging out uh, on any chat. I'm actually reading a message on the phone. I did take some notes at the grow store. I got asked, can you explain why transplanting a plant is a good idea? Uh, this person wanted to, they were wondering, uh, the word that I want to use is graduating the pots. They wanted to just go from a paper towel when they germinate their seed into their big seven gallon finisher pot. And they were asking me why I recommend up potting from a small container to a medium sized, maybe bigger than into that seven. Uh, I would do it a couple of different ways, depending on the time, space, environment, the requirements for the room. There are a lot of different challenges and things we would face here, but they were asking uh, how and why uh, we would go about doing different pot sizes. Why do we do that? Why wouldn't I just put my seedling, this little tiny seedling into a seven gallon pot filled with soilless mix or cocoa or whatever we've chosen to use? Why can't I just go into the straight pot? You can, but think about all of the water it's going to take to water that big pot. Uh, you don't need to use that much water. You could put that seedling in inside of a little teeny tiny pot and you only have to water that little section, which gives you less opportunity for overwatering. You're going to have less space to disrupt. You're not going to have to pour a gallon of water in there. You can just pour a little bit of water in there and that seedling will get the water that it needs. Also, that's that much less cocoa that you have to use right now. If you don't need that much cocoa, you don't have to buy that much cocoa. So you don't have to put a little seedling in a big pot. Then you're not going to risk overwatering it. That's one of the main issues. Overwatering in that big pot will be easy because how much water... What, how much of that big pot do I need to water? You're going to try to just water that little space right there, but then the roots are going to grow and you're always going to be chasing it. I start off, honestly, you've seen me do my clones in a beer cup. I start off in a beer cup or a four or six inch net pot is what I will start a seedling in. I'll let it grow in there until it becomes nearly root bound. I want it just pressing up against the walls there. I want the roots to say, hey, it is time for some new shoes before they get new shoes. So another reason I like that is a faster wet and dry time. I don't like my plants staying wet for too long. I like them uh, not like dry, but I don't want them soggy the whole time. I want there to be availability for oxygen in that root space. And when they dry out a little bit, there's room for air. When there's too much water in there, the water takes all the space where the oxygen would be and the plants don't get as much air. I think oxygen to the root space really encourages root growth, happy plants. They eat more, they feed better, they perform better. So a smaller pot gives me a little bit of a 
faster, wet and dry cycle. And in a smaller pot, that's good because I just want those roots to grow. I want the plants to grow so I can get them into their bigger pots sooner. So we've got these little plants, put them in a little cup, put them in a little pot, um, water them less often. Also, if you're watering less space, you're wasting less nutrients. You don't have to mix up as much food. You're not going to water a seven gallon pot worth of space and only get the middle. You could have mixed up a little bit and just watered that one small cup. So I think starting off small, I would start with a cup, <clears throat> excuse me. I would start with a cup and then work my way into maybe a one gallon or a three gallon. And then that three gallon would either go into a five or a seven. So I do a cup or a one or a cup into a one. And then that one or the cup into the three gallon or into the five gallon or the three gallon into a seven. I kind of just work my way up. I don't like to go uh, too big, too fast. I like them to grow in there and get a little bit root bound. I was saying, I want them kind of pushing the edge. I want them like if they were a size 13 shoe, I want them in a 12 and a half. Like I want to be like, Hey bro, can I get my 13s? And then we'll upgrade them right when they're ready. And then when I take them out of the pot, I kind of, uh, from the bottom, I put my fingers into the bottom of the root zone and just spread it out a little bit so that it looks like you just blew the bottom of that plant right up. And people are like, well, you just fucked up your roots. Yes, I did. And when I pot it into the next pot, that fucked up root section is going to be the most explosive root section in that whole pot. That part's going to go, oh, he gave us a little opening because right now the roots are kind of tight. They're wrapped around inside that cup. I reached in there and pulled them apart a little bit and gave them a little space. And that space is where the roots are going to go. Let's grow. And they're going to take off. They're going to explode. So I let them get a little bit tight in their early pot. They want new shoes. They're begging for new kicks before I put them in there. As soon as they get their new kicks, they take off running. Remember when you gave a new little kid new shoes or when you gave a little kid new shoes, he thought he could run faster. The plants are going to do the same damn thing. So you have less chance for overwatering. Um, they dry down more quickly. You get to water them more frequently. If you get a quicker, dry and uh, wet time, more feeding, more watering time. I like that. Uh, commercial grower. I like that. I uh, let them get tight. That way when you up pot them, they do go a little bit more quickly. They take off. Then here's another great thing <clears throat> in my grow space, uh, in a commercial environment or in most places where, uh, we aren't super limited by numbers, uh, space is valuable. And if I've got a little tiny plant that is six inches tall in a seven gallon pot, which I'm going to guess is about 18 inches in diameter, I am wasting a lot of space. I can put those plants into smaller pots and I can push them together much closer, which does a couple of things. I bought a lot more space, which means I've got room for a lot more plants. Uh, keep in mind, those are going to get up potted into bigger pots later and you'll have to put them into the flower room and they will take up more space. But if you're dividing rooms and they're going multiple places, you need more room for more pots, smaller pots while you can is not a bad idea. <clears throat> then if you're taking up less floor space with plants, that means we can probably turn off a couple of lights. If those plants are able to be moved over to one side of the room and they all fit underneath two or three lights, instead of running all six or eight lights in that room, you can save yourself that much electricity. The lights are on for at least 18 hours a day in this environment because we got small veg plants. We want them on 18.6 or more. Uh, running one or two lights at that rate is going to cost a little bit of money. I don't care if you're a commercial environment, a home grow, that will add up quite quickly because along with that light, every light that's running, you've got a little bit of air conditioning going. You probably got a fan going. There's a dehumidifier. Every light adds more equipment. Don't just think that you're paying for that light when the light runs because there's a fan going with that light. There's something that goes along with it to keep it cool, keep it comfortable. The light creates heat. We got to move the heat. Then we move the heat. We create humidity. You got to get rid of the humidity. 
so many things happen because of that light. So don't just consider the cost of the light. It's you're saving a lot of other things when you turn off that light. So uh, move those, those big seven gallon pots. They're like 18 inches around. I think I'm, I'm guessing I'm a drummer. I guess they're about 18 inches. I'm looking at an 18 inch floor Tom next to me, uh, probably about 16, 18 inches around a three gallon pot, I think is about 12 inches around. When you look at that in a grow room, you can fit uh, three to four three gallon pots in the space of two seven gallon pots if you do it right. So save you a lot of room, move them closer together. If you're doing one gallon pots, you can get a bunch in there. Uh, don't cram the plants in so tight that they're pushing on each other. Give them space. But I'm saying don't waste a bunch of space in your grow environment. That's why I would start with smaller pots, uh, start off in a cup or a one gallon pot or a net pot. And then as soon as it starts to get tight in there and that plant's getting a little bit bigger, that's when I put it into my next pot. Now it has gone officially in my labeling system from small veg to its vegetative stage. Now it's actually in veg. It's vegging. It's not small veg. It's veg. And then the next stage is like, we're about to flower these bitches. That's when they get lollipopped and cleaned up and start getting really worked. But um, yeah, transplant them. That way you can save yourself space, save nutrients, save water, save soil. You can save lighting by pushing the plants closer together. By saving lighting, you're saving electricity. By saving electricity, you are saving a lot of money. Um, I think I covered that one. That was a pretty good ramble on for uh, what was meant to be just a really quick topic there. So yeah, graduated pot size. I do encourage you to work your way up from a smaller pot to a bigger pot to your final destination pot, which you do choose to flower in. Uh, you don't want the plants to get root bound. If they do get root bound, some plants may panic on you. They may start to flower. They'll stop feeding. Uh, they'll look really pissed off. It'll be confusing. You're like, why are these plants doing this weird shit? They're root bound. They want to go into a bigger pot. When you up pot, every time I up pot, uh, I like to sprinkle a little bit of microbe product either around the roots of the plant that I'm potting or into the hole in which it is getting potted. So I pull that pot, that plant out of the pot, the container, uh, I can see my white roots on the outside of that dirt, just holding all that dirt together. I'll get a root product or a, a myco product and just dust the outside of it. Just sprinkle it. I'll turn that pot with my hand, just spin it, and I'll just use a little cup and just sprinkle some of the microbes on there. And then when I pot it on there, there are already microbes on that root zone telling those roots, hey, bro, go crazy. Life is going to be good in here. As soon as you put some water on it, all that shit activates. It goes crazy. Those plants go shebang kapow. All right. I think I talked long enough about that part. Let me read an email that I've got here in front of me, or this podcast is going to get out of control long. Um, big shout out to all my friends at the grocery store. It's a good time hanging out at the grocery store. I apologize for if I seemed rude because I was in a hurry today. I was simply in a fucking hurry today. I was trying to get a lot done and they didn't have what I needed. So that meant I had to go to more stores. I wasn't trying to be rude. I had shit to do. All right. <clears throat> this one is not the one I'm looking for. Is this the message I need? Here we go. This is the message I need right here. <clears throat> Excuse me for clearing the throat. This one says, Hey, Rasta Jeff, before my question, I just wanted to shout you out and thank you for all you do for the grow community. I love the show because other podcasts don't stay informational and they can be hard to consume and they're time consuming and it's hard learning this process. I love the straightforward info and down to business approach. So thank you. Uh, that's a great compliment that, I try, to, I try to stay on subject. I try to stay on point. Uh, I do got the ADD and I also try to have fun, but I also try to include you and make you feel like you're hanging out. I can almost pass you the joint. You know what I'm saying? If I had a joint right here, I could almost want you to feel like you're right there. You can almost smell the smoke once you're hanging out with me. So I'm glad you feel like you're uh, 
learning from me. And I'm glad you feel like I stay on point. And uh, yeah, you, uh, I stay informational. I used to talk about the comedy shows I used to go to and shit. Sometimes I talk about what I do, but I try to talk about just growing and not not talk too much about myself on the show now. Uh, but I do want you to feel like you're hanging out because we are, we are friends. Uh, let me get to the point here. It says, my question, and thank you for the compliments, dude. It says, my question, I'm running a 9x7 tent with two 1,000-watt Mar- Mars Hydro TS lights, uh, carbon filter. We got some details in here. I'm growing in three, five, and seven-gallon pots, normally only running three to five pots at a time. I only use Fox Farm Ocean Forest, and I always grow 100% organically. I'm using down-to-earth dry fertilizers and bat guano. I also add fish shit every feed as well. So we got the down-to-earth dry ferts, uh, bone meal, uh, bat guano, and fish shit every feed. Uh, each of my first five grows has taught me new things and how to solve different problems uh, the grow might have. That is, uh, that's a great thing to notice that every grow you've solved a problem and gotten a little bit better. None of your grows are going to be problem free. Every grow is going to have some sort of obstacle or hurdle and issue to deal with. It's learning to deal with those obstacles and eliminate them and not go into panic mode. I've seen growers. I've done it myself. You see an issue and you go, Oh shit, there's a problem. All the alarms go off in your head. You fucking pull the rip cord. You got to do all this dumb shit to solve the problem. When really all you needed to do was go take a dab or go smoke a fucking joint and really think clearly about how to fix it. And you'd have went, oh, you know, what's a dumb problem. I could solve this overnight. You don't get panic mode so quickly because you realize that these plants are fixable. Problems are solvable. So as long as you're learning something with every grow, you're making great progress. Let me find my spot here. There we are. My spot in this message says... Uh, but I seem to be lacking in the nutrient knowledge and the dry and cure stage because before harvest, the plants smell amazing and have a nice dense consistency. But after dry and cure, the buds are airy and light and have no density. Uh, there are a few things that be, can be causing that. I wrote that down. Uh, it could be a lot of stuff adding up to cause that. It goes on to say, I have yet to have my products smell or taste even close to what it's like before I chop them down. I have a couple ideas why that's happening as well. I've listened to your dry and cure episode and other reliable sources, but I uh, seem to not be able to translate that knowledge I soak up into physically and visually understanding this process. I have a hygrometer in the dry and cure area, but unfortunately I'm not able to keep that area 100% dark. That dark isn't 100% crucial, uh, but I do keep the humidity under 50%. Let's try to get that to about 50 or 60% and make your product take just a little bit longer to dry may help you out. Uh, What could be the main reason for my airy buds and loss of aroma? Thanks again, Rasta Jeff, for all the information and time you have given. Uh, You give every day to home growers learning. Uh, One love from, and then I'm not sure if they want their name said. We're just going to call him Kyle today. Big shout out to Kyle. Thank you for the great message, bro. I do have some answers here. Uh, I think I can help you out a little bit. Let me start with the disclaimer because I like to do this. Uh, Organic growing is not my specialty. I straight up am a bottled nutrient grower. I grow with New Millennium bottled nutrients. Sometimes I add some products from VegBloom or Hydroponic Research is the company. But most of what I'm growing is non-organic. I'm a salt-based grower. Uh, I find it easier in a commercial environment to train a crew, to write a standard operating procedure, to have repeatable results by using bottled nutrients. I love the organics. I love the idea. I love the passion. I love the sustainability, but the way I know how to grow the goal for my commercial facilities that I'm hired to help with the goal that the owners have 
Uh, I think that a bottled nutrient system is the way to go for my style. It's repeatable. It's sustainable. I know how to do it. The organics, I don't understand how to make it repeatable and sustainable. I don't understand how to make it trainable for a crew. I need to write down instructions that can be done by anybody when I'm gone. I think organics, uh, there are a lot of variables that we would have to have some hands-on experience and some eyes to think about a little bit too much. With the bottled nutrients, I say 20 of this, 50 of this, 20 of that, and every time we feed it, it is the same thing. With organics, you can get some variables in there. Uh, this is my thought process on the whole thing. So um, I'm not an organic grower. That part is not my area of expertise. So when it comes to your nutrient knowledge uh, lacking, I as well am lacking nutrients knowledge in this department because I don't do the organic stuff. I understand the nutrients. I understand the elements. I understand the way the plants feed, but I'm doing it a little bit differently than you are. So I may not have all of the answers when it comes to the nutrient part, but um, also I'm not sure if that is enough light in this room. I'm not sure of the spread of that light. It could be enough light, but what I'm learning about LEDs is they don't spread a lot. We need more spread on these LEDs. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's what I'm learning. So I'm wondering if you've got like one section with a lot of light and then the rest of the room isn't getting a lot of light because that'll help uh, more light spread around more proper light would help with intensity, would help with bud density is what I'm getting at. So one thing I would recommend to start with, and I don't know that this is doing it. I am, uh, I'm guessing and assuming based on the information I've got, I'm trying to give useful information. Are you trellising? Are you using a net to hold down the main tops? If you got one top that's sticking up, that light is hitting this one. We've talked about this before. That bud's getting really hot, but the rest of the plants down here aren't getting the intense light that they could. Trellis this one down, then the light will hit all of the buds and all of the buds will have a chance to be more dense. You won't have tops that are real nice, real tight, uh, kind of good, and then bottoms that are shitty, or you'll have a bunch of decent buds at the top. Uh, maybe they'll tighten up for you if you do that. That's just one idea. Um, I was looking at your nutrients a little bit. Maybe a kelp product in there would help you out. I don't know when you're feeding what, but I know that kelp products do help with stank and density. In my opinion, in my experience, a kelp product would help you out. There are plenty of organic kelp products, which you can mix into your soil to begin with, or you can find a liquid kelp product, which you can feed in later, or you can find a kelp product that you can foliar feed. Uh, you're trying to go organic, so you're going to have to do your research on those products, but that is a good start for those ideas. Uh, Airy Buds is, that, that's probably grow and cure related, but we're going to say it starts in the grow. There are a lot of things that can be giving you Airy Buds. Have you tried multiple genetics? The genetics have a lot to do with that. If you're growing something uh, that's from a tropical environment that's meant to be real airy because it gets humid there and they need some airflow in those buds, that bud naturally just is not going to be real dense. If you're growing some OG Kush, some Chem Dog, and it's not getting dense, that is a room or a feed issue. There's a problem there. Uh, so let's check the genetics. That's something I would check on. Then light. Is there enough light in that room? Honestly, I'm not familiar with the Mars Hydro Light. I don't know if that's enough uh, lighting. I don't know if that's enough wattage. And I don't know the spread on that light in that size of a room. I honestly don't know. But that's something we can check on, something we could investigate. That's one of the things on the list I would eliminate to see if that is the problem. Is there enough light? And like I mentioned, you have that one bud right in the light. Is that bud good? Are you trellising it down to get the light everywhere? Are you defoliating to get that light further down into the canopy and get some light penetration? That may help you out as well. 
something that does make uh, fluffy buds that will make the buds actually fluff out and become airy and be not as dense as they could is environmental factors like too much heat. Uh, think about in the summer. Um, when it gets too hot, you don't want, even in the summer, you don't want your own hands resting on your legs. Your hands get all sweaty where your hands are resting on your legs. The plants are just like that. They're going to go, hey, calyx, stacking on top of me. I don't want you up there. And they're just going to start spreading and getting fluffy. Uh, when it gets too hot, they're just trying to spread their legs so they're not getting hot between their legs. The plants are doing the same thing. Like, bro, it's too hot. I'm trying to spread out a little bit. Those plants are doing the same thing. It's too hot. It's too humid. It's too sticky. The plants feel funky. Instead of being dense, they're getting fluffy. Also, they know if they get too dense, all that moisture will build up inside of those buds. And if it's too humid in there, all that moisture will create a problem. You'll get botrytis or powdery mildew inside of your buds. So um, heat, moisture, things like that could be causing you problems. Also, a drastic diurnal swing. If you're getting uh, too hot at night, or too cold in the day or opposite or more than eight to 12 degrees change from day to night temperature, that can play a role in your fluffy buds. Another thing, the feeding, if you're not feeding properly, if they're not getting the food that they need and they're not getting the nutrients, uh, just imagine if you didn't eat proper food, you wouldn't build up the way you needed to either. Uh, I'm a skinny dude. Uh, I eat a pretty good vegetarian diet. I look like a stick figure. Brock Lesnar is my height but about three times my width and density. He eats a totally different diet than me. He eats a high performance, fucking high protein, rip your head off, shit down your throat kind of diet. Your plants may be needing that Brock Lesnar diet. You may be giving them the Rasta Jeff pasta and carbohydrate diet. So maybe it's diet. I read what you're giving them, but I don't know exactly how much of that. And I don't know exactly what's in all of those products. So you may need to add a couple of things to boost that up, a kelp product, maybe a bloom booster. I don't know exactly. I made the disclaimer, dude. I don't know exactly what you're doing with these organic nutrients. I don't know what I'm doing with your organic nutrients. So it could be a feed issue. Um, I wrote down trellis. Make sure you get more a more consistent canopy. I've talked about that. That even canopy will help you out. That way the light will get to all of the buds. You won't have some dense, some fluffy. We call the fluffy buds larf. That stuff on the bottom that's larfy crap. I usually pinch that off. It doesn't even make it to the flower area. Nobody wants to trim that. That's junk. Uh, pinch that shit off. If the light's not getting down there, get that off. Let's try to move some of the energy to the actual bud part of the plants. This should make the buds tighter, more dense. Um, so that is what I think could be happening during the grow that is making the aroma and the density lack in these plants. The second part is probably... Uh, in the dry and cure process. Something is happening during the harvest time. Um, light degrades terpenes. Heat degrades terpenes. Are these plants getting too warm? Are you able to give them a period of dark and cool for 12 to 24 hours before you harvest them? That may, that'll give you, so the overnight while the plants are sleeping in the dark and the cool, they will produce a produce. That word came out really weird. I hope I get some comments on that. They will produce a bunch of terpenes, right? They'll produce terps all night long while they're sleeping in that cool, dark environment. When you start turning on lights and heat, those terps start getting, uh, they start volatizing. They start getting uh, degrading. They start getting destroyed. So if you can get it cool and dark in there for a while, build up as many terps as possible. Give yourself a head start. Keep it cool the whole time you're drying and trimming it. Try not to handle it too much. Uh, try not to touch it too much during the trim process and the defoliation process. Um, 
you might be drying too quickly. Maybe let's slow down the drying process a little bit, just a little tiny bit. You said you're keeping it about 50% humidity. Let's go about 60 and slow that drying cure time down just a little bit. I know that sounds crazy. You want to smoke your product, but you want to smoke a better product. Is that dry and cure room cold enough? If it's colder, the buds will get tighter as they dry up. If it's not cold enough, they're not going to do that. Um, is it too dry in there? Is it too hot in the dry and cure room? That's going to fuck up your product. Is there wind in there? The wind could be blowing your buds just dry and drying them right off. It's just blowing the terps right out. Think about when you ride a motorcycle or if you go out on the boat or if you hang out on the wind all day, your lips are all chapped, fucking your skin feels all dry. These plants, if they're in the wind, hanging and drying in the wind, or if there's too much airflow in the dry room, they're doing the same thing. All your terps, all your moisture, it just got sucked right out of the room. It's all in the room. That's why your herb smells like hay. So I really think that slowing down the drying and curing process could help you out. Just go a little bit slower. And if you're not getting um, an, like a, an ammonia, um, an acrid pissy kind of aroma, you're not uh, trapping too much moisture in there and you're not sealing it up too early. So I don't think that you're not ruining it. You're not, giving, you're not getting the opportunity to ruin it. I think it may just be drying too quickly for you. Uh, so I would check all of the things we talked about in the grow. Uh, is there proper lighting? Are you taking care of the genetics, the trellising, the heat, the feed, humidity? Is the lights, air, water, soil, the laws? That's laws, L-A-W-S. You guys, have you thought about that? If I taught you that, I think I learned it from Subcool. I want to give somebody credit because I think it's, uh, it's polite and important for a teacher to give credit where you learn shit. I didn't learn everything. I didn't make it all up. I think I learned laws, lights, air, water, and soil. I think I learned that from Subcool. Are, are you following all of the laws? If all the laws are in line, then let's check out the dry and cure tech. We may need to just slow it down a little bit, increase the humidity, lower the temperature may help you out. Just get it slowed down just a little bit. My last note on this subject is where are you drying and curing this product? Are you doing it in the basement? Are you doing it under the grow lights? Where is this happening? If you dry and cure your product in a funky scented basement, your product will get funky basement terps to it. Uh, if you're drying it in the bathroom, it's going to pick up bathroom terps. So that may be something that's going on. Uh, so for tighter, more dense, more aroma, I'm really thinking it's going to be a slower dry and cure at a lower temperature. That's going to help you out. Um, maybe send me some pictures of the plants right before you cut them. Send me some pictures of your harvest process. Let me know how you're harvesting, drying, and curing. Uh, and maybe I can give you some more advice, more guidance. Maybe we can give the listeners a little bit of a follow-up. All right, Kyle, I hope I answered your question. I hope I gave you some useful info. Again, I'm not an expert in the organics, so I wasn't exactly sure where to start, but I feel like we got you a little bit, a little bit of info to get you moving, some stuff to check on, some adjustments to make. I do look forward to the update. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, thank you for listening to this episode. If anybody out there has any grow questions, uh, I would love to answer those questions on the show for you. The email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Also, I've got a website. My website is iregenetics.com. On that website, there is a tab that says Grow Help. If you click on that Grow Help tab, you'll be taken to a little questionnaire. We ask you nine or ten questions. They're very basic questions. What kind of lights are you using? What strain are you growing? Are you growing indoors or outdoors? Just the basic shit that will help me answer your questions. That way I get some details about your grow. 
I can build a, I can paint an image of your grow in my head. That way, when it comes time to answer the question, all the details I need are right there. So if you hit that grow help tab, answer a few questions at the bottom, it says, explain your problem. Simply tell me what the fuck is wrong with your plants and I will read it. I'll do my best to answer your question thoroughly here on the podcast. I do appreciate all of the listener interaction. Uh, this lets me know that I'm helping somebody. I know that we at least helped Kyle today. And if we're helping Kyle, there's probably somebody else out there with the same question, the same problem, just a numbers game. If one person asks, there's probably a lot of people out there that I can help with the same question. So I do appreciate the listener generated content. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you'd just like to throw me a couple of bucks because I made you giggle or taught you a couple of things. All you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need to support the podcast is right there on the screen. Once again, big thank you and big up to everybody who has continued to support the podcast. I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. I think I'm just running out of camera time as well. So it is a good time to wrap up this podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in just a couple of days. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Dave's Not Here. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Oh, my God.